0: Welcome to DBT18. Today's acronyms are NJS and O-M. NJS stands for Non-Judgmental Stance. So this helps you to understand judgments and when you should let them go. Judgments are not good or bad. Or right or wrong judgments can be quite useful sometimes when we need to label categorize and move on or when we simply just want to communicate quickly it's easier to say that the weather is bad than observing and describing every detail of the forecast to justify staying home during a storm um, The same way we might say we had a good day to quickly let others know that problems have been minimal or handled effectively. So judgments have likely been useful in other ways too. Um, If most men and most women have hurt you in your life or one or the other, judgments about that sex might keep you safe psychologically or even physically in certain situations. Um, However, judgments are not as effective when they become overgeneralizations or they're so rigid that we're unable to shift them based on new or different information or experiences, it causes cognitive dissonance. So judgments that are no longer working, they can cause you stress, ongoing negative emotions. Uh, they can interfere with you meeting your wants and your needs. And if judgments result in you clashing with a variety of people over time, it might be a sign that non-judgmental stance could be worth your time to learn. To see whether judgments might be more or less useful, let's see whether they are Teflon judgments or sticky judgments. So you have no personal investment or strong emotional reaction to a Teflon judgment. These types of judgments uh, can easily be revised when you take in different information. These judgments can be useful when we need to quickly make a decision and just move on. On the other hand, sticky judgments are like tinted or colored glasses that shade almost everything around us. Because we are committed to these judgments, we refuse to take off those glasses to see ourselves, others, or situations, or even the whole world in a different light. Sticky judgments don't help you to move on. They help to weigh you down, like carrying a sack of boulders on your shoulder. And if you find that your, your backpack on your shoulder is full of heavy judgments, Might be time to take it off, put it down, and very gently start to remove those rocks. And use one to smash your tinted glasses, too. So that's the non-judgmental stance. And I want to add to that, too, that when we stop passing so much judgment, especially the sticky judgments, when we stop passing those judgments on others and ourselves and the world we tend to feel less self-conscious. You tend to have a little more confidence because when you are walking around being judgmental of everybody and every situation, you tend to experience more uncomfortable, anxious thoughts and feelings in regard to feeling you might be being judged as well. So the more you can give up the sticky judgments... Not only will you feel better, have a more positive filter in the world, but you will also have increased confidence and less insecurity of being judged yourself. So let's move over to one mindfulness. And this just means you're directing yourself back to using one mindfulness when your attention becomes divided. So you can clarify one mindfulness through examples of divided attention and mindlessness. When you find yourself in those situations, such as like multitasking, you go back to the what and how skills to be one mindful. So continual partial attention. Many of us go through our days uh, multitasking without giving any one thing our full and complete attention. You might eat while you're watching TV. You might check your mail while you're talking to your friends or family. Um, Think of problems in the middle of a conversation or during otherwise positive experiences. So you might start ruminating. Um, You talk on the phone while you're driving, which will get you a ticket, by the way. Or you choose to distract yourself from everyday tasks rather than attending to them. So you're procrastinating. You escape small moments rather than recognizing that life is the small moments. So the result of this is you're feeling disconnected. uh, Maybe incomplete connections with people. You notice a continual partial attention. Stop. Stop. Make a choice and focus on one thing. Continued partial attention is also called the unquiet mind or the monkey mind. So when you feel like you're giving partial attention, check yourself and give full attention to become one mindful or mindful. Multitasking, uh, many people have been misled to believe that being able to multitask is quite a strength and it's a desired strength and people want somebody who can multitask, especially employers, right? They want employees who can multitask and get everything done. Um, But you know, that's not very realistic because in reality, you can really only multitask when the behaviors are overlearned or automatic, such as talking on the phone while driving in your car. If you've been driving 45 years and somebody calls you, especially now with the technology, the uh, phone call can come through the, uh, the dash, you know, you can hook your phone up through Bluetooth to your car so you can be talking while you're driving. And driving is automatic because maybe you're driving home from work or you're driving to the store, and it's a, it's, a, it's a route you've driven so many times that you know it like the back of your hand. So you don't really have to give too much focus on your driving. However, it's still not a good idea. <laughs> um, so you really don't use your conscious mind. You kind of act like a robot when you're multitasking in that way. Uh, When you try to multitask with behaviors and situations that require your conscious, full attention, you're not actually doing more than one activity at once. You're just shifting your attention back and forth. It's like watching a tennis match. You look to the left, you look to the right. You look to the left, you look to the right. That's what your brain is doing when you're multitasking. So you're not actually doing two things at once. You're doing two or more things, um, interchangeably back and forth, back and forth, which is stressful. And, uh, that takes much more mental energy and, uh, sets you up to make mistakes. So this, this workbook illustrates, um, to try a multitasking experiment with me. Okay. Okay with two independently easy tasks and notice the outcome. First, count from 1 to 26 as quickly as you can, and note the time. Next, say your ABCs as quickly as possible again while watching your time. Add up the times of these two tasks done one mindfully. Now try a true multitasking activity. Time yourself as you alternate performing the tasks of counting and reciting the ABCs. 1A, 2B, 3C, 4D, and so on. Notice the difference in time, energy, and accuracy. Another example, you may notice your computer progressively slows down as you have more and more functions opened on it. Your computer is programmed to multitask, but at some point it spends more time switching and reorienting than actually working. It may even shut down. Your computer's limitations mirror our own limited capacity to spread our focus. Work on doing one thing at a time as a habit. Automatic behaviors include anything you can do unconsciously without thought. That doesn't mean you're unconscious or asleep. It just means you're in autopilot mode. Um, While not recommended, most people can drive and carry on a conversation. Um, I don't know about you, but when I'm in a car with somebody and we're having a conversation and they turn and look at me for my response or they turn and look at me to talk to me, I freak out inside. I think, oh my God, and I usually will say, hey, hey, hey. Just, just watch the road. (laughs) Watch the road. I'm right here. You don't have to look at me. Um, That just freaks me out. But a lot of people do that. And you can do most of your activities of daily living with virtually no attention or connection. You know, you mindlessly fold the laundry, mindlessly sweep the floor. Um, But you know, like I've talked about before, any activity can become a mindful activity. All you have to do is engage all five senses and narrate it to yourself. So automatic behaviors can be useful. It helps us to get things done. Um, Sometimes automatic behaviors can be highly effective and productive. The other side of that dialect is that automatic behaviors remove you from the here and now and deprive you of basic pleasures. A great exercise is being mindful of your automatic behaviors step-by-step with intention. And here's an example. Include mindfully preparing and eating your meals, driving with your full attention, taking a shower or a bath with awareness of the experience or any thought or behavior in your day that can be attended to one mindfully. So one mindfully or OM, OM, (laughs) OM reminds us to get ourselves back into that mindful state and stop disconnecting or dissociating. So thinking about sticky judgments, can you think of a sticky judgment you have about yourself or others or a certain situation? How does that sticky judgment needlessly upset you, weigh you down, or hold you back? And describe how your life might be different if you did not commit to that sticky judgment. And then let's flip the script and commit to slowly or radically, however you choose, getting unstuck from that judgment. We're going to take a quick break and I will share some mindfulness exercises with you so that you can continue to engage in the world one mindfully. Be right back. Okay, mindfulness exercises. Number one, explore a fruit. And this is a great time. It's spring, we're heading into summer. The fruit stands are opening up. The farmer's markets are opening up. It's a great time to drive yourself or walk yourself or ride your bike down to one of those and try this out. Use observe and describe to explore an orange. What are the visual features? What does it feel like in your hands? What does it smell like? Now slowly start to peel the orange and continue to tune into each of your senses. Think about how when you push that peel up and start pulling it down and it bends, there's that spray of orange oil in the air. It smells fantastic, right? And you can even rub it on the backs of your hands and continue to smell it for a little bit after you eat the orange. Notice any emotions, thoughts, or other experiences that you have during this process, but hold on to none of it. Instead, stay engaged in your activity. Let your thoughts pass by like clouds in the sky. You may choose to mindfully eat the orange as well to extend the experiment, the experiment, (laughs) the experience. Uh, Number two, create something with Play-Doh. Look at the Play-Doh container. Look at the writing, the font, the colors, the design of the label, and then slowly peel the lid off and notice the smell. What comes up for you? Are there any associated feelings, memories, or other experiences? Then let those thoughts go and turn your attention back to the Play-Doh. Feel it in your hand and then start to squeeze it and soften it. Notice the texture, the temperature, and whether these are uh, changes in its flexibility as you handle it. And just engage in observing that play-doh with all five senses without the need to create anything Um, or you can create whatever you would like to create it could be an animal a sculpture a ball whatever just let go of your judgments as to how the creation looks don't judge if you try to make a little snowman or a gumby doll or um, a baseball or whatever don't don't be judgmental of it Or you could imagine that you're a little child playing with Play-Doh for the very first time and use all five of your senses to really learn what Play-Doh is and what it can do. Number three, connecting with sound. You could listen to music. You could listen to nature sounds like ocean waves or rain. Um, You could close your eyes and listen to the sounds that are going on in your own environment. You could hum. You could whistle, you could sing, but close your eyes and tune into whatever your chosen sound is and stay with that sound. And if you have thoughts and emotions coming up, just acknowledge and release them and get back to focusing on the sound. Uh, oftentimes, I, I tell clients that focusing on the sound of your breathing when you're practicing, the breathing is helpful and that puts you in a one mindful state because if you're doing a big sigh, like it kind of sounds like the ocean, or if you're doing um, a big exhale slowly through pursed lips, it could sound like which might remind you of being out on a windy fall day or something um but focusing on the sound is very therapeutic. Um next we have guided imagery. So you could listen to one of my hypnosis episodes that's that's definitely guided imagery. Um you could visualize that you're in a happy place or a nature place or at the ocean or in the desert wherever would make you feel good, right? So Lose yourself in the guided imagery or daydream. And just when it's over, bring the benefits back with you into the present moment. And I highly recommend doing this. I did it myself and I shared the experience with many other people and they also did it. And they got the same effect. So I went to Pacific Grove, California and I had some... Ziploc sandwich bags with me and I had a quart size Ziploc bag with me as well. So I took some of the sand from the beach and I threw it in one bag and then I took a few seashells and threw it in another and then I went up to where um, the tide was coming in so the water was just smashing against the beach and then pulling back out and I put the quart size bag down and I allowed the ocean water and the sand to go into that bag. And then I took the ocean water and the sand and I stuck it in a mason jar and I wrote Pacific Grove Ocean and the mason jar that I used had one of those lids that flip over and latch so it's easy to open. And the other two I took the sand and I I added it in and I put the seashells in there so I just put it all together and whenever I needed to do a little imagery to get myself in a mindful place, I would go and get the jar and I would open it and sit down in front of it and I would just close my eyes and I would do a deep slow inhale through my nose and it It's two years old today and it still smells like I'm at the beach. It smells so good. And the water is still there's no mold, there's no rot, there's no (laughs) it's still amazingly (laughs) fresh. Like I just got it yesterday. So, um, that's another great idea, especially if you love the ocean or if you love the forest, you could grab um, a small pine cone, some pine branches some other smells that you that you find in the forest and put them in a jar. And if they lose their scent, you can always dump it out and go get more. But having that in front of you to really engage your sense of smell, it really uh, brings up emotions of relaxation and happiness. You think about the times you've gone to the beach and just walked along the beach and listened to the water and listened to the wind and the seagulls and smelled the air and it just, it's amazing. Or when you go camping and when you first get up there and you get out of the vehicle and you start walking around, you smell the trees, you smell the dirt, and it just feels amazing to be in nature. So I'm a nature freak. <laughs> so I love those tools. And if, if you're like me, um, you will you will be pleasantly surprised by the experience when you use that for your guided imagery because you're not only imagining that you're walking in the forest or walking on the beach. You're listening to your breathing and it sounds kind of like the wind or the ocean. And then you get to smell that smell. It's incredible. Um, Number five is to create a safe space. So this is very similar to guided imagery. Um, You're going to basically create a safe and comfortable space. It could be a room, it could be a cabin in the woods. It could be, an unused closet that you decorate and turn into your safe space. And you could imagine that you're protected by fire-breathing dragons when you go in there. So you're going to use your senses to fully enter your safe space. Notice how it looks. Pay attention to the smallest details, the sounds, or the silence. Think about how you feel. And you can stay there for a while. And go there whenever you need to calm yourself down. So if you can't physically make a safe space, use guided imagery. Use your own guided imagery. Think about what your safe space would look like. Like if I were to create my safe space, I would have a beautiful castle. And I would have a moat around it. And I would have unicorns walking around the grounds of my castle. And in the moat, there would be A dragon who's very kind and considerate. However, if anybody's going to try to hurt me or be evil towards me, that dragon will just burn them up. And inside my castle, I have big white pillars that go from the floor up to these super tall ceilings, and there are ivy plants growing up those pillars. And there's a big fountain in the middle of my living room where I can just pull up a chair and put my feet in there. And there are bubbles in the fountain like a hot tub. And the top of the fountain has champagne in it. Or, you know, it it would just be the most relaxing and wonderful place. And I would have any kind of food I wanted. I could just think about it and it would appear. And if I needed a hug, there would be somebody there to give me a hug. If I, if I really wanted to relax, I could have somebody brush my hair. Um, so I would, I would imagine all of those things and just daydream and let my mind take me to this happy, safe place where nothing bad can happen. And I would just sit there for as long as I needed to. So that's a, that's a really cool one. Um, the sound of a bell... Is very therapeutic, believe it or not. So you could um, strike a bell or a chime. You could get those mini cymbals that go on your fingertips like the belly dancers use and just ding and listen to it as it reverberates. Um, listen to the sound until it fades into total silence and you can repeat that as many times as you need to. Mindful eating is another one, and I, I do have an episode all about mindful eating. It's the follow-up to the binge eating episode. Mindfulness of smell. You can gather, like, my ocean jar, or you can get scented candles, essential oils, uh, different foods, even a cup of coffee. Or if you're a weirdo like me, you might like the smell of gasoline. So <laughs> you could go to the gas station and just, ha ah, there's a smell. mindfulness of nature and thunderstorms so listening to nature sounds objects in a bag this is like the coping skills toolbox that I've talked about before but this is a little bag and you you take it with you everywhere and and You make sure there are different things in there with different textures and shapes and maybe some fidget spinners you know stress balls a feather um, different things and you can pass the bag around and take turns using your sense of touch to guess what each object is so you could stick your hand in there and feel around That's how I find things in my purse. I I don't bother looking because, man, it's a black hole, right? So I stick my hand in there, and I can feel my pack of gum. I'll say, oh, there's my gum. Or I can feel the shape of my chapstick. So it's kind of like I use my hands as my eyes in my purse. And this is what you would do with this. And um, it's kind of fun to pass it around and let other people touch it what's in the bag and have them guess what they're touching but if it's just for you and you're just trying to be mindful give it a try you can even put different coins in there and um, buttons and the the possibilities are endless so check that out give it a try um, or you can imagine that you have a spaceship and you can fly wherever you want you can go to the moon you can go to a different galaxy Uh, stay, stay at your destination once you arrive and just do your breathing and then ride your rocket ship back home and hang on to the feelings of relaxation. And of course we can do the body scan where you use observe and describe to scan your body from top to bottom and you want to notice where there is tension and then you want to do your progressive muscle relaxation so that means If you feel tension in your shoulders, you want to tense your shoulders up and tight as you inhale. And then you hold your breath for four seconds. And as you exhale slowly, you drop those shoulders. And it helps to relax them a little bit. Uh, Remember the half smile or even a full smile. You sit in a chair, take a couple nice deep breaths. And as you breathe... You slowly turn the sides of your lips upward and make a small smile. Relax your face and take on the more serene look. Notice whether your emotions begin to change as your face communicates acceptance to your brain. You could also look in a mirror, make a peace sign with your first and middle fingers, or use the fingers to push up the sides of your mouth into a very goofy joker type smile. And, um... You don't have to be totally serious with this one. You just want to make yourself smile. Positive memories. This is another way to get yourself back into mindfulness. Think of a positive event, the happiest day of your life, and use your imagination to take yourself back to that time. And as you do that, press on your left hand, Press your ring finger and the tip of your thumb together as you take yourself to that happy place, that happy memory, and think about the emotions that come up while you're there, how happy you felt, how loved or how loving or how appreciated or overwhelmed with absolute bliss, and close your eyes and just... Emerge yourself into that feeling while you're tapping that ring finger and thumb together. And then later on when high stress and anxiety hit, when you tap your ring finger and your thumb together, it's going to ignite those feelings and help reduce the uncomfortable feelings. For that to happen, you have to practice this one often when you feel good. Gratitude list. Make a list of everything you are grateful for, big and small. And then think about all of those things that you're grateful for. And let yourself feel the happy feelings that arise because you have so much to be grateful for. Find your center is another one. So you want to sit up nice and straight in a comfortable position. Take a few nice deep breaths. And as you inhale, lean as far to the right as you can without falling over. And then inhale and return to center. Then exhale and lean as far to the left without falling over as you can. And then inhale back to the center. And slowly repeat, leaning less and less every time. And then when you finally reach the middle, your center, You will take several deep breaths and notice what it feels like to be balanced. You could play Jenga. You could focus with one mind as you remove blocks and build the tower higher. Notice your connection to removing and stacking the blocks, immersing yourself in the activity. When the tower crumbles, remember that this is the natural outcome of the game. No judgment. You could use compassion for others. So think of a person who might have offended you with their words or their behavior or their actions. Um, And imagine what would lead a person to behave in that way or to hurt another person. Imagine that person as a child or a baby and they're innocent. Send them compassion from your heart. Wishing them to heal, wishing them well. does it does it feel different from holding on to pain? Of course it does. So it's going to help you to kind of heal that that wound that that person sent you by sending them back love and healing, and imagining them as an innocent child. Untying knots grab a string or a shoelace that has been tangled and knotted. You can do this with a necklace as well because that happens all the time and you just start to untangle and untie the knots very slowly, very gently, very patiently and think about what comes up. Do you get frustrated? Are you starting to feel impatient? If so, you want to breathe and practice acceptance as you mindfully complete the activity. This is one of my favorites, it's called blowing bubbles and it's self-explanatory. You want to get some bubble juice from your local store and blow bubbles and watch them float through the air and eventually pop. Notice the sensations in your body such as how you're breathing, the air you blow into the bubble, and any emotions that arise from the activity playing catch. This is a good grounding technique. You take a ball and you throw it up in the air and catch it over and over and focus on catching it. You could do this with a hacky sack. You could kick it with your ankle high enough that you can catch it with your hand and then you throw it in the air and kick it again up to your hand. That's a wonderful activity and it uh, increases hand-eye coordination and foot-eye coordination (laughs) Um, right with your non-dominant hand. Try to write your name ten times with your non-dominant hand. That's That'll definitely put you in a mindful state. Let's see, what else do we have? Watching your favorite show, paying attention to small details. How many of you have watched the Austin Power movies? I'm a huge fan of Austin Powers, and I honestly cannot tell you how many times I have watched those movies. All three of them. And... Every time, I'll give it a year or so before I watch them again because I don't want to be watching them constantly, right? But after about a year, uh, if I go back and watch one, I I notice different details each time that I missed. It's interesting. And um, maybe you have a favorite comedy movie or a favorite uh, drama movie that has a good ending Go watch it again or go watch your favorite show and start picking out little details. I notice one detail I notice in every single movie and TV show is the, uh, they call it the continuity, how everything is staged for the background or the room they're in. Everything is staged a certain way and I notice they use a lot of turquoise. So when I'm watching TV or a movie, I'll see a turquoise building or a turquoise vase and I'll say, turquoise! (laughs) <laughs> and everyone looks at me like I'm crazy and I'm like, God, yeah, there's turquoise. Why do they use so much turquoise in the movies? Um, you can turn down the noise or you can embrace it. This is another one. So turn off all extra sources of noise in your home. If you're not mindfully listening to the radio or the TV, go turn it off. Work on being present without the competition for your attention people watching or bird watching or watching anything really be a watcher of anything that holds your interest remember you're not judging you're just simply letting letting it into and out of your experience like clouds floating through the sky um 560 plan 5 minutes out of every hour To engage in a mindfulness activity. You could do breathing. You could do a body scan. You could do any of these things I talked about for five minutes. Five minutes a day. The more you practice, the better you get. And the last page. Lie down in the grass. I don't know how many of you have heard of earthing. Where you put your bare feet in the grass or in the dirt and absorb the energy from the planet. Um, it really is therapeutic. It sounds crazy, but it has been scientifically proven. So it's not crazy anymore. Uh, you could lie on the grass. You could go barefoot in the grass. You could uh, put your feet in the dirt. Get your hands in the dirt. Connect with nature. You can explain a task. So take any daily task or chore such as like making coffee, sweeping the floor, watering the plants, making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and you break it down into component steps. So imagine you would have to explain how to do this task, whatever you choose to an alien from another planet and go into minute detail and then actually go engage in the task. And narrate each step to yourself as you do it the way you explained it to the alien in your head. And the last one that we'll talk about today is called look through a new window. So pick a window in your home, your school, your office that you really don't pay attention to. Sit down in front of it or stand in front of it and spend five minutes or more just gazing through the window. Just see everything that you can see. Notice the scenery. Is anything happening outside the window? Is there a bird, a squirrel? Is there nothing but a brick wall? What do you see? And contemplate the windows in your life that you do not or refuse to look through. What would you notice if you chose to look through one or more of the windows in your life or in your head that you refuse to look at? What are you avoiding And what would it be like if you faced it? Think about that. All right. And this concludes this episode. I hope today you choose you and you will take five minutes a day to practice some sort of mindfulness skill so that you can master mindfulness and utilize it when you really, really need it. Thank you for tuning in. And I hope you choose you and love you more.